0: Game number two of the Big Three era for the Phoenix Suns starts tonight. It's the Locked On Suns audio exclusive game preview of Suns versus Knicks. Let's go. You are Locked On Suns, your daily Phoenix Suns podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And we're back. This is Locked On Phoenix Suns. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, and I'm your host, Brendan Clean, a credentialed media member covering the Suns for the past seven seasons, a writer at suns.com, and the host of the Just Basketball Show, wherever you get your podcasts. A big thank you for making Locked On Suns your first listen to get you ready for Suns Knicks. These preview shows are free and available anywhere you listen to podcasts. They are exclusive to the audio feed, so if you are a listener to the show, you are getting this exclusively No YouTubers here. Want to give you guys a treat, a reward for being loyal on the audio side. Want to pick this feed up a little bit more as the season goes along. So thank you to each and every one of you who are here. And we have a lot to get to. This game should be a good one. We're going to start with the Suns on offense, which I think until further notice is just going to be kind of how I look at these games because the Suns offense is, of course, the side of the floor that they are most dominant on. Quickly, we know that, uh, pun intended, Emmanuel quickly, um, Grayson Allen is available, Nasir Little available once again, and Eric Gordon remains questionable with uh, what they're calling right lower leg soreness. Um, So I believe that Vogel called it a calf on Tuesday, or on Wednesday night, I should say. So let's call it a calf, but he is... Yet to be determined. On the other end, Mitchell Robinson remains out for the Knicks. He's going to miss a couple of months for them. They've been starting Jericho Sims at center, who is uh, better than you would think, considering you probably have never heard his name. He's kind of buried on their bench most nights, but is a serviceable player. Started for them two nights ago, not playing heavy minutes. They're doing some small ball. Uh, Well, actually, it looks like they have not been. Uh, Hartenstein just played 30, basically, and, and Sims played 18 in their previous game against the Utah Jazz. So that's kind of the injuries. That's how things will stack up. Let's talk about the lineup to start things off. But first, I want to just go through the numbers as I always do. The Suns, after Wednesday night's game, are up to 10th on offense with a 117.4 offensive rating. The New York Knicks are 12th in defense with a 114.1 defensive rating. So... We know how these teams match up for the most part, obviously, but Durant did not play in the last game, and neither did Beale, of course. Who starts? Question number one. I still would say that Eric Gordon will start in the long run, but if he's still questionable, maybe they would give him a night off or a night off of starting. I'm looking at the last game for New York. Their starting lineup has remained fairly consistent, although DiVincenzo is starting for Grimes. So that move was made by Tom Thibodeau about a week ago. You now have Brunson, Barrett, DiVincenzo, Randall, and then Sims, who I mentioned. So that gives, you know, without having to sacrifice, you put Grimes on the bench. Okay, well, DiVincenzo is a serviceable defender in his own right. Maybe a little smaller, a little less strong, but... Still a guy who can defend a Bradley Beal or a Devin Booker when when he needs to. Barrett is a good option against, against Booker or against Duran, I should say. So my thing really is you want to involve Julius Randle in the play defensively as much as you can. And you want to have shooting out there for when... The Knicks condense their defense, take away, you know, strong side drives and and things like that, and, th- I mean, that's kind of, we'll talk about the other end of the floor in, in the next segment. So, with that all said, you're not going to see a Nasir Little start this game. You're not going to see a Kade Bates-Diop or Chemezi-Metu start this game because, oh, we want to have a matchup for R.J. Barrett. No. Tonight is going to be the first night we see the Suns really embrace their offensive identity. I think that they were all, I think the main takeaway from everybody, even if it was unsaid a little bit, after that Warriors game, or sorry, the Nets game on Wednesday night, was that they felt as if they generated a lot of good shots, and offensively, that what was maybe the most problematic thing was that the role players didn't make shots. Because again, as I said multiple times after that game, Booker, Durant, and Beal all shot 50% or better from the field. They all had four or more assists, and they all got pretty aggressive uh, at at various points. Now, obviously, start to finish, having more structure and and coherence to what they're doing is, is going to matter. But a big way to solve a lot of that problem, as well as just make the offense even better, They had an offensive rating on Wednesday better than their season average. I just want to remind you of that as well. But the best way to improve all of it is to put more shooting out there. And with Gordon, one of the fortunate things you have is when you do see an R.J. Barrett or you see a a switch scenario against a Julius Randle or Jalen Brunson, Gordon is a good switch defender because he's he's strong enough and stout enough to guard bigger players. So I think he will, again, if he's good enough to go, I think he will start but you can probably see where I'm going now that I've ruled out almost everybody else. I think we could see Grayson Allen start if it's not Gordon. So I know that would be one of the two guys coming back, but hey, that's their role on this team. You can't always give everybody training wheels when they return to the floor. Looking back at the last game these teams played, obviously the buzzer beater from Devin Booker or the game winner, I should say, from Devin Booker was the the main takeaway, the main highlight from that game. But above and beyond that, I think you saw Gordon have a big first half. That was big. You saw Nurkic used well as a playmaker. Um, I'm interested to see if they approach it that way again. Obviously, Mitchell Robinson's not the only Nick who brings size and physicality as a defender but he's the main one who does and if he's not in the game do they emphasize Nurkic as much do they emphasize Nurkic Nurkic as much now that Beal and Durant are back I I tend to think no I tend to think that you will see a lot of the same kind of simplified one action dribble handoff pick and roll stuff with the best players all involved maybe some weak side movement from from Beal to try to get a quick, good shot against a mismatch or in open space and live with that result. <clears throat> I don't think that they'll be so determined to work the defense and whatever because, look, Robinson is really important to this team. They just lost to Utah. Without him. And I know know, Suns fans are obviously aware that Utah can put up points, but, you know, they did not have Keontae George for the majority of that game. They are working Walker Kessler back into the lineup. Lowry Markinen has been in and out. Simone Fantecchio and some of their other guys did not have uh, Abaji. Kelly Olinick did not have great games as far as scoring is concerned. And the Jazz still put up 117 points. So this Knicks defense is susceptible big time. And what they do well is um, it's going to evolve, but they don't foul and they rebound. I would think those things aren't even a lock with Robinson out because they're going to have lesser defenders at the rim, meaning they're more likely to foul. And, of course, he's one of the best rebounders in the entire NBA. So I just think that the Suns are catching the Knicks at a good time. I think that they will try to just settle into what they want their identity to be. Obviously, some of the way the Knicks play will benefit that identity too, so it is a good matchup in some ways. But if the Suns can integrate Allen and Gordon, get some better looks, or make the, the good looks more often when the role players get those opportunities and continue to build out the structure and simp- kind of simplistic efficiency that the big three want to have... There's a win on the table tonight, especially at home. On to the other side of the floor. Don't forget to sign up for Locked, in- Locked on Suns Insider Text Alerts, where you can get my first reaction to Suns news and rumors every day. Basically, I go on Twitter, I go on Reddit, I go on social media, so you don't have to. I send it directly to your phone with my thoughts on the news. You can also get a video breakdown of something going on in Sunsland once per week. This week's will obviously be focused on the Nets and Knicks games and how the Suns integrated their best players together and observations on game days and more. That's at joinsubtext.com slash locked on Suns or click the link in the show description below. Again, join the locked on Suns insider text alerts to be in the know about the Suns all the time. All right, coming back, let's close out. Suns on defense, go through the numbers quickly to start off here. The Phoenix Suns, after Wednesday night's game against the Nets, are 14th in defense with a 114.9 defensive rating. They have been more in the 10 to 15 range lately rather than the 15 to 20. That is a good sign. Over the past two weeks, they are 14th in defense, so that backs that up. The Knicks on the offensive end actually have a better offense so far statistically than the Suns this season, 117.9, and that is good for eighth in the NBA. What are the things the Knicks do well on offense? Well, that is a little bit difficult to answer, similar to the defense because of the absence of Mitchell Robinson. The number one thing the Knicks have done well this season is offensive rebound. They are number one in offensive rebounding by a really good margin, and Utah is a little behind them, and those two are at the very, very top of the pack. But that's not necessarily the case with Robinson out. Jericho Sims, for instance, against Utah the other night for... For the Knicks, had one offensive rebound in 18 minutes. Isaiah Hartenstein had three in 29 minutes, so good. But, you know, again, against the Suns the last time, Mitchell Robinson had five offensive boards in 34 minutes. So there you go. Let's talk specifics. I want to go through some of the challenges that the Suns face at this point when it comes to their new lineup because I've said it before and I'll continue to say it the best version of this Suns team it doesn't it's hardly worth even having to acknowledge this is obviously with Beale healthy but the fact remains they are and they were an imperfect defensive team without Beal it's not to say that he's going to ruin their team defense but they're putting a lot of lesser defensive lineups out on the court now because guys like akogi Goodwin, Nasir Little even aren't going to play as much or play together. And that's going to lead to um, some kinks to, to work out. The Knicks are a team that likes to isolate. They like to pick out mismatches, and they like to isolate. They don't get to the rim a ton. They don't take a ton of threes. They get corner threes up at a decent level when the defense has to rotate, and they take a lot of mid-range shots because their two best players are Julius Randle and Jalen Brunson, and those are the shots that those guys like. In terms of making threes, the Knicks do succeed. You know That can fluctuate. You don't bet on that every night with, you know, R.J. Barrett was hot to start the season. Um, they have a lot of streaky shooters. DiVincenzo is probably, you know, as far as a spot-up guy goes, pretty consistent. He's shooting uh, 43% this year. But, again, Barrett, Hart, Grimes, Randall, these are guys who you can't bet on them to take a lot or make a lot of threes every night, so I wouldn't treat that as too big of a threat. But again, back to the personnel and back to Brunson and Randall. Noah Kogi in this game. I would expect a lot of Jordan Goodwin. I wouldn't be surprised if Jordan Goodwin closed this game. if Gordon doesn't make his shots, if Gordon is getting exploited on defense and his ability to switch doesn't actually prove to be enough of a barricade against the New York's best guys. Maybe you see Goodwin close and be somebody to fight through screens with Brunson, be physical with him, defend without fouling, some of that stuff. But these guys make it hard. I mean there's no there's no way around that. We saw it uh, you know firsthand. Randall had 28. Brunson had 35. The last time these teams matched up, they combined to only uh, miss. they were 25 of 46 from the field and only had a combined four turnovers. That's that's about as good as you're going to get from a, a, a star tandem, and they could easily do that again tonight. So, you know, I wouldn't expect them to, to own the possession game so much. As far as turnovers go, the Knicks are a team that, um, let's see here, they are 11th best in terms of limiting their own turnovers as an offense, so maybe they win that battle a little bit. Um, but at the end of the day, uh, they're not an elite turnover-creating team. The offensive rebounds will fluctuate. I think you know you would have said in about past Suns teams that free throws are going to be a major concern because the Knicks are going to get to the line more than the Suns, but that's not really a, a worry for Phoenix anymore, which is uh, I think, honestly, we don't spend enough time appreciating that about how this Suns team has re- redesigned itself and reimagined the roster and everything is with the star players that they have, they're just going to be at least even at the line every night. Whereas before it was a, it was a big lift to even keep up with a lot of other teams. So I think with some of that stuff gone with Robinson out and the fact that you could get a bad night from Randall, you know, I think the the fluctuation with Randall being there um, makes it so that the Sun stars, I would give an advantage to because you kind of know what you're getting there in a way that you don't with Randall. Do Randall's threes goes in, go in? How do the refs call him? Does he get on the offensive glass? Like these are all some questions that, especially on the road, may not pan out. So the Knicks are not a complicated team to handle, but what they do well, they do very well. And you can't really account for or like game plan for physicality and size and toughness and the best players playing a ton of minutes and just all the things that that Thibodeau does so I know I'm a little bit rambly because the Knicks are a a weird team but look the Suns have played them before they did not have much of an answer for Devin Booker the Suns were able to take and make a lot of threes in that game they didn't turn it over much they themselves got on the offensive glass and they won on the road with only one of their stars. So long as we see things continue to click, Allen and Gordon help out, and they're able to have enough answers on defense, that's the blueprint for this Suns team to win. I think it should happen. We'll see. Sean Marion night. So again, stay tuned to Locked on Suns Insider Text Alerts if you have not signed up already. I'll have pictures. We're doing a pregame press conference with Marion. Then, of course, the ceremony postgame. I'm sure there will be stuff in-game for it. It's an ESPN one, so a very fun atmosphere, hopefully, tonight. I'm sure many of you will be there. Thanks for checking out the preview show. I'll be back tonight with a recap, unless the Suns just blow this team out, which, you know, fingers crossed. Maybe tomorrow morning on the recap. We'll see how time goes. 8 o'clock tips tend to kill me, but we'll see. Talk to you then.